Hello and welcome to the Top Red Podcast, aka the Bottom Red Podcast. I'm Dave. Joining me this week is Blaine and Shane. How's it going? A lot calmer now, 24 hours on from uh, yesterday. A lot calmer than I was. Yeah, I, I could tell by you somehow taking jabs at me. Um <laughs> Before we start the recording, how are you, Shane? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm grand. Uh, I, I, I thought Blaine was like, oh, I'm a lot calmer just with his life in general because we finally dropped points. Uh, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that's where he, I thought that's where he was going with it. So I was like, yeah, the area quick, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm 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 good, and I'm I I was planning to bring a lot after listening to last last week's episode of just. <laughs> The raw bile at the team top of the league. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, I'll be back next week. We'll have had an easy win against United and it'll be nice and positive. But that didn't quite happen. So, uh, yeah, let's fucking bottom red it up. Well, yeah, so it's after the 0-0 draw against Manchester United, which was yesterday as we're recording this. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think... That there's a lot of things um, to be said. So the first, the, the major talking point that's come out of this game is, I think everybody's finally, well, a lot of people have finally come to some kind of point with Darwin Nunez, um, whether you're defending them or not. Um, I'll go to you, Shane. Where, where are you on the Nunez amateur? Oh, because I'm the OG hater, aren't I, when it comes to Nunez? Uh, I mean, I, 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 to be fair, I think I think we've been across the board fairly like supportive, um, just not kind of delusionally so. Maybe you mean like the crowd who chanted his name when he used yeah. to like mischances? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I wasn't hearing that yesterday. <laughs> Funny that. No, I'm um, thankful. Yeah, and, and maybe that, that maybe that's uh, that's kind of you haven't been at the game. That's probably. It's it probably is true, but um, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I guess is Nunez the thing to lead off with in, in this game. Probably wasn't like the story. Um, certainly wasn't the only problem, but he was a problem. It's just that this time, um, there like it wasn't even actually a finishing thing so much yesterday. It was more kind of other stuff. But uh, I guess because it's actually we've actually dropped points this time. Like like when I said to you a couple of weeks ago, oh, do you think like uh, results have been like outstripping performances, and we we're all like unanimous. We're like, yeah, they have a bit. And this was this felt like a game where maybe the result kind of finally we we played shit and didn't get all three points somehow, even though maybe we could have, but we didn't. And I don't think anybody feels too good about the performance, despite despite like any kind of stats or anything like that that you could paint it positively. But yeah, yeah so I I would say Nunez is more kind of the embodiment of the issues that we're having in attack. Like, for example, the over-reliance on, def- um, on, on substitutes and, and stuff like that in order to score the goals. And It's not specifically a Nunez problem, but I guess he's just... He, one goal in ten, is it now, in all comps? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's had more than ample chances to score more than that one in that time, so... I think that's that's probably why. Um, I'll He's not alone you... in that either. 
No, he's not. That, the one in ten was there was another stat going around today. It was like um, it and, and Gakpo and Diaz. I think it's like one one of them is like one in eight, uh, and another is like two in ten or something like that. It's just like a really low number of goals from like the front three, even allowing for like substitute appearances because normally our forwards, like you said, are, are, are good off the bench. But um, yeah, it's definitely a, a, an issue at the moment that it wasn't in the way it wasn't earlier on in the season. It felt like. Yeah, so I'll go to you, Blake. What What is your kind of summation on what, what the issues are? Because, again... Diaz bad. <laughs> as we say every week, um, Blaine is the system defender on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll go to you with what you think is, is the issue. Just the, the general issue of it, the Howard Nunes issue. Well, what, what what would you say is like because we we've been fairly toothless, I would say, for at yeah. least a fortnight now. Yeah, that's true. I think I think we are struggling to get the the just the attackers on the ball um, as much as generally as I think I've been uh, Diaz and Nunes have been quite poor recently. I do think we're struggling to feed them um, in any sort of dangerous areas. And they are kind of feeding off scraps a lot. And I think with Nunes himself, he's one of those players where if he is feeding off scraps, a bit like last season, he does seem a bit invisible and he seems a bit, um, it can be frustrating, especially because he doesn't know the offside rule, um, which doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that's, that was the main issue yesterday. I think not having, not being able to feed the ball into the players as much. And I actually think we started the game fairly well. Um, Reflecting back on it, I think the first 15 minutes, we pressed them quite well. We had a bit of sustained possession. Uh, but what kind of frustrated me more than anything, I think, I think the first half performance isn't bad, but it's just a general sloppiness of, especially the right-hand side, which kind of kind of fed away our momentum as, they get, as the half went on. And I think the Bozzelai and Stella were the main two for me who were just, just off it. And everything seemed to fall apart. And it, and that's where the kind of general frustration with the crowd, everything becomes a bit flat, the momentum's lost and they're growing confidence. I think there's just a general, everyone seems to kind of a bit, bit off form up front at the minute. And it's come at a bad time where you can maybe look at the system as well. And I think there is system issues, but I think everyone's just going for a bit of a rut in the front, uh, front position. Yeah, so I, I guess we can get on to the crowd thing because that's a big thing that's come out of the game. I heard Gary Neville was saying something about it not being Anfield or something along those lines. Quietest he's ever seen it. Yeah. For, which, for a United game. I mean, uh, was he listening to the United fans as well? I I, I think that was a bit across the board. They were um, quiet, actually. I Normally you'd hear them all game, and I swear I only heard no, them. No, they were both. really quiet. I only heard them pipe up at the end now. I guess maybe because they're fucking a bit beaten down. You know, normally you think even if your team's shy, you go there a bit defiant because, you know, you're the away crowd. But I, I genuinely can't remember not hearing them at an Anfield game until, like, as, as late as they did when they, they obviously felt a bit comfortable because we looked so fucking toothless. But... Yeah, they didn't even they didn't even get any hills crystallised in that I heard, so that was a welcome change from the usual. Um... Waste of a trip, so... <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> what I'll say is my kind of perspective on it, I guess, is that everybody was saying it went flat after the first 10-15 minutes, 
the team went flat after the first 10-15 minutes as well. And I think those two things definitely correlate. When a team's having 70% of the ball and is unable to do like the basics, it's not like it's not like we were getting in behind them. It, everything was in front of them. The, the vast majority of the shots we were taking were just kind of pot shots from outside the box. There was nothing to kind of... Uh, th- there's a reason the term get the crowd on the feet is, is a term, and that's because it, it, it's something that happens. Um, th- there's only so much singing Fields of Anfield Road and, and stuff like that you can do until you, the team's kind of got to take some kind of emphasis. It's not even like we were having opportunities to win second balls. I feel like when we did and the crowd had like any excuse to kind of jump up and and kind of roar behind the team, they did. In in but certainly when I was sat. Um but I I do think some of it and I mean tell me if I'm just being ignorant here, but I, I think some of it's just purely well I could be there and I could be doing more from people on Twitter and, and stuff like that and it's it's not it's really not that simple in my in my experience. I mean Blaine you've been quite a bit as well. What would you, what would you say in regards to that? I do agree with what you're saying. I do think you do need a spark or you do need either I think when you go back to last season against United, I'm pretty sure it were fairly flat for the majority of the first half last season, it's obviously just because the way the game goes, the crowd kind of obviously gets involved because we're we 3-0 up on 50 minutes, so obviously it's going to be a good atmosphere then. And there is an expectation that we're just going to roll United, and I think even the away fans feel that, so it's just a general kind of waiting for us to score sort of atmosphere. But at the same time, I was a bit annoyed with it, and I've been a bit annoyed with it all season because I think it's, it, it just has generally been a bit crap all season, I think. Um, now, whether that's a wider issue, uh, it could be, but I do think generally the the atmospheres this season and last season when I've gone have not been very good. Um, and you put it down to multiple different things, but I do think there needs to be more of an emphasis on trying to make it. I think the general general season, everything a bit more fun, a bit more engaging, to get get into it. And I think the atmosphere at the minute doesn't help. It was more of a nervy one uh, than anything else. Um, but again, that it's is, easy that is for me to say being at well. home. Yeah. The, the, the fact we're top of the league as well yeah, that's is, what I mean. is a bit of a contributor. As, as much as yeah. people say, oh, yeah, well, you should be getting behind the team and you've got something to lose. It's, yeah. It's, it's ultimately not easy. The best on-field atmosphere is that when our backs against the wall. A bit like City last season was a great example when we know we're a bit crap and we've got something to fight against. But you can tell the players are putting it in and it's just sound the perfect storm. You're not going to get that home to Fulham and home to Brentford. It's just not going to happen. But at home to United, I would maybe just expect a bit more. But then I do understand if the, if the team are flat, the crowd can't necessarily sustain 90 minutes of a belling atmosphere. You need it to be both both ways. I, I would also like to say, I don't think the club are really helping. Um, <clears throat> as soon as people were standing up around me, and I've heard people saying it in the Kenny as well, as as soon as people were standing up, shivered to right on them, telling them to sit down. 
stuff like that. Yeah. That doesn't help. Um, and I mean, I, I ranted to you guys in the group chat as well. I mean, people going for a fucking pie halfway through Liverpool United need to be fucking booted out of the ground because that's just a fucking nonsense. And then people getting back to the seat at the 50th minute after the concourse because they're nice and fucking warm. That also needs to be sacked off as well. Um, I think it's just like, even like when you when you go back to videos of 10, 15 years ago and the fact that the cops just, I know it's a little thing, but just seeing how red the cop used to be to what it is now and little things here and there, which it just erodes away and obviously the Anfield crowd can pull it out when it needs to, but it, the general atmosphere just is a bit crap and I think that's just maybe majority of football games now. A bit of a home and away thing as well, uh, to be fair, because one of the things that wound me up when I was going away is, was, and I'm going to go proper fucking bitter blue here, but the amount of lads wearing fucking blue tracksuits did my head in. Isn't that a kind of, they're trying, they don't want to be like, because I have this in my head as someone who's like, seldom you ever don't want to be a wolf, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like, I, I've, I've seldom ever been the answer. I'm, I'm the far opposite end of the spectrum of you, the fucking ultimate armchair fan. And I'll, I have thoughts on what happened on the United game, but I, I'd be thinking, oh, I'm not going to wear a replica case. I'm not going to wear a red. You know, I'm going to wear me fucking black, uh, you know, whatever whatever the kids fucking wear. You know, like the black, the black coat. Blue is a bit much now. Do you remember people when my when there was blue on a kit 10 years ago? There was a little blue stripe, but like, um, I feel like that's part of it. And maybe we can get into it a bit kind of deeper uh, in a bit. Because uh, it was, do you remember there was like the reclaim, the cop thing? I feel like that must have been some kind of contributing factor to, like, when it, like you said, Blaine, used to be a lot more red. I don't know, it's like there's still a flags. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on with the the, the the club at the moment with with flags and thing at the moment, but um, just on the United game, and this is my expert analysis from a few oh, hundred miles as away. Well as ours, to be fair. Yeah, my my interpretation of watching it, I thought first minute, I thought the crowd seemed massively up for it, especially because we immediately got a corner inside the first minute, and it seemed like I was like fucking hell, the crowd are like right on it, you know. I guess like top of the league and. We're we're thinking we're going to hammer United, and I think I think if like if a goal had gone in those first few minutes, I think it would have completely erupted. I think we could have seen United completely fucking capitulate, and it didn't come. And I genuinely, I I I feel really strongly about it. And I was surprised how many people. I was surprised I wasn't seeing more of it on Twitter. I was seeing more of what you were saying, like people were having a go. Like like there is kind of fact. There is of course factors like you know people leaving early and like the the touristification of it, but and um, that that's happening at all grounds, but. The crowd seemed up for it from the off, and when the goal, didn't, it's not like the goal didn't come and it just died. I thought the fucking style, the walking football, Dave, of like you could actually hear the crowd like dying down in real time as Allison would get the ball and stand on it for thirty seconds. That there was with, people kicking off in the second when he did that in the it, second half. There was like imagine that's what you do with Old Trafford if you wanted to kill the crowd, and then United would have to like press you because they're the home team and you would bait them out. But you would try and do that. If you're away from home, it was like if we wanted to kill the crowd, it's like if that was the objective, that was like how did, it was like you fucking speed ran it. You had this crowd who seemed ready to explode from, from the off. And like, I think if he, if he, like you said, there was no like chance to get second balls. If we just like, <laughs> you know, I would keep pining for how we used to play. If we're just pumping it down the channels, drop it on top of fucking Varan, Johnny fucking Evans, Amrabat, Onana. You know, why are we not just like drop it on them, turn them around, let Nunez 
fucking Chase and Harry, let Diaz do that, you know, let Salah do that. Instead, we're just like, one, we're trying to build it up and we're just waiting for something to happen and United are just standing there. So, like, we're, we're standing there looking at them and we have the ball. We're waiting for them to press. And then, we got like because Sabasly and Salah were like the standout stinkers in the first half, but I don't think that style suits either of them. You know, Salah's always been Salah's brilliant. He kind of transcends style, but he's better if it's hectic. You know, because he's he's brilliant when it's fast. And then Sabasly has played for fucking Red Bull teams all his career in the fucking Bundesliga and Austrian Bundesliga. Like, do you think he, you know, like all all those fucking leagues are are like basketball matches? It's back and forth. You know, that's where he's trained and he, he looked like a star. And I think it just doesn't get the best out of them, anyways. I thought they were like. They came into it a bit second half when we had a bit more urgency because we we're like fucking hell. We actually need to put these shit cunts away. But like, um, yeah, I, I think the style, the tactic, massively, massively killed it. If you think it's like I say that we're copying City and 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 a kind of Arsenal doing it, and like what's Pep's whole thing? It's like he wants complete control. He wants sterility. He doesn't want turnovers. And in turn, the City crowd, like, I mean, you can make jokes about it, but, like, they know how to, you know, they can get up for things. You've heard it be loud at their stadium, but he still has a go with them because I just think that style of football is completely, what's the word, uh, anathemic or whatever. You know, it's just a complete, it doesn't synergize well at all with, like, you know, classic, like, Liverpool. You sound like Gary Neville, oh, this isn't the Liverpool way. You know, it's just, like, I think that style was just the wrong fucking tactical choice. If you just pumped long balls down the channels, and force mistakes out of them and win high turnovers. I, I genuinely think like you would you would at least kept the crowd going and then we'll see oh if we still if we're not finishing chances or we're still struggling to create then maybe there's an argument for putting the foot on it. But I think it should have just there should have been a thing of yeah, it's like the players were actively fighting. They they were like, No, we're gonna do this style that we're we're trying to make work even though it's you know, not looking great. I I just thought that was an and I I I assume that had to have come true like on the game, I don't know if it was the same for Blaine watching, but like at, at the stadium, I like how would that not like how are you supposed to get up when your keeper is standing on the ball for thirty seconds waiting for Hoyland to press you and he's not pressing and now what you know it's like I don't know I hated it. No, oh, it, it it definitely it definitely definitely is a contributor. It's and that's I'd be suggested that's just how English football atmospheres are in general. Um. I mean, you look Reactive. at Everton Park, for example. Uh, when we play Everton derbies, they're up for corners. When they win a fifty-fifty, when they win a when when they win a turnover, stuff like that. That's that's kind of it. Triggers the crowd to get you involved in the game. It it, it kind of you are being vicariously through the team, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's not uh, the it's not the Crystal Palace Bundesliga thing of a drum is going all game and you're singing kind of no matter what you're just saying yeah. for the sake but it's it's inherently reactive like you know if there's if there's something bad happens you hear the crowd go oh fuck sometimes and, and, yeah, yeah. and roars at them but then in turn they sense like you know it, like that's what i said like especially with the, the the players they have back there in the form that they're out of like you know like the, the crowd would have been all over them for any mistake amrabat was seemed to be trying his best to, to get the Liverpool crowd up again but like yeah, it's it's just it's like I say, it, it's that this style of football it, it doesn't jive with English football at all. And I think particularly for for a team and a club like Liverpool who so much of it is like you know, so much just historic nights are connected to the crowd, like and and things like that. It's just I thought I thought it was like the worst possible game and situation to have tried to force that style in. And you could say if it led to chances, fair enough, but it wasn't either. So it was just like I wish someone had a bit of a cop on to just I wish someone had gone AWOL. It would it would have been Trent, but Friend more than anyone seems to be, 
he wants to do this thing more than anyone and we're kind of almost marching to the beat to the beat of his drum but not in a good way so like yeah i don't know i think uh, i think this will get more arsenal fucking comparisons from blaine for me but um i think the difference is with like arsenal for example that the emirates have been bouncing all season but they can kind of sustain attacks they what you were saying before about Salah, Sobosley and these players not being suited to the, to that style of football, whereas Arsenal have these tight space players like your Sackers, your Jesuses, your Odegaards, who can kind of sustain these attacks. And that's what I was saying. Like it, it, They can keep the ball in the final third and keep on attacking. But we, we can't. It's just it's, it's knocking the ball around the back um, and then just hopelessly losing it or just aimlessly hoofing it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that there's definitely more to it. it. It's it's such a complex situation. It's such a yeah. It's not a locals. A, um, you know, don't blame locals. It's not a just blame the the tourist culture of the club, even though that is a massive contributor to it. Um, it, it's it's just a, a a bit of both. But yeah, it it did certainly manifest it. I guess in um in the game, but anyway, <clears throat> I mean we can't look on the bright side. Blaine, you were talking about the league title before. Um, we're four points ahead of City, and we're only one point off Arsenal. If we do beat Arsenal this weekend, where are you standing with it? In terms of the title. Yeah, it's very hard to say. I think if we beat Arsenal, then my, my big thing with these obviously you, keep, you have to take it in, in groups of games. And I wanted to be seven, including Sheffield United, Fulham, Palace, and then the big four uh, games after it. I wanted six wins and a draw. If you're really going to be serious, um, and I think if you draw against United, then you've got to beat Arsenal for me. So it's one of them, but. At the minute, I think I, I, it's more about the performance against Arsenal than anything else at me because I just think we need a good performance more than anything else. Even if we draw the game, a good performance would be, you know, more important for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Blaine, Blaine has broken me finally. I'm like, no way, we weren't ready after all. <laughs> like, if, if if we had, if, like I said, if we had won that yesterday, inspired a shit performance. Uh, it would have been like, oh yeah, like we're still we're still top of the league, so you can't say that we're not in the title race. We didn't really have the games played, but um, yeah, it was like because we were saying on on WhatsApp and Twitter, we were like, if City hadn't been stuttering so much, if they had just like if, if they had like won the kind of game, I suppose they they do this often, don't they? They stutter in the early part of the season before the fucking kill mode kicks in, but like yeah, well, the the Bruyne's back now as well. Well, yeah, I, I don't even think it's fully the same thing, to be honest. I think my big point from the start of the season is we don't need to get to a point where if we draw a game, it's a meltdown, which is kind of where we stand to get. And even I had a bit of a meltdown yesterday because we drew. Because I started. I think, to I think it's who we drew against yesterday, though. But I, I, mean, I so either way. But, but City drew against Palace, and we'll probably all look at it and think, in reality, it's probably not that big a deal because City will kick on. Um, but I don't think we have that belief in ourselves, which is why we don't need to get to this stage of the season and 
be melting down over draws for me. Um, just let us sort of think we're at that stage. Do you remember how City started the season? Did they win six on the bounce? And then um, was it was it when Rodri, Rodri got the red card, didn't he? That's when they first started like losing games. Did they? Yeah. I forget. I forget. It, but before that, like the first six games of the season, I don't think anyone was thinking about a title. We were like, oh Jesus, yeah, we we look good, and we're we're actually we look to be a bit a little bit further ahead of where we thought we were. But it's definitely a rebuild. It's transition. It's Loads of people were saying get top four. I think we were kind of generally predicting it on this as well. You know, we were like third or or second. We were trying to top down Arsenal and things like that. But then it's just because City like stumble, even though they often do it this time of year. And maybe they, their issues look a bit more serious. I don't think do actually. I think, yeah, I think this is more than usual. They've stumbled. This is a sustained, like usually they'll throw in an odd game. Well, this is the yeah. same period of six games now where they've just not been themselves. Um, and they have real depth issues as well, which probably the worst, yeah. the, probably the worst depth they've ever had under under Guardiola. On top of injuries, like exposing that depth. So, yeah, I think that's maybe why people were, were were like kind of. I think that's why there's that tension, like you said, where if we if we hadn't like kind of put so many points on the board in spite of ourselves, maybe we'd be a, a bit calmer on the whole. And that that result yesterday isn't as infuriating as it was. But also the fact that they're just like. There was too much talk, wasn't it? Because like after the seven nil and how shit they are, like it, it could it could never live up to that expectation. So it's just like um, there, there was always going to be come back down to it in some way, but just the performance was it, yeah, it'd be yeah, a compliant time as well, Dave. You, you were spared Carragher and Neville and commentary like that's just well, thank fuck for that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, the only the only bit of commentary out there was for the Nunez kind of stop and running thing. Which What's he doing? I I, I understand like. He, he should have run after the ball, like he should have. But like Carragher was making out as though he was going to tap it into an empty net. Like to be fair, on on the analysis after the match, he does kind of say he he, he does go back on that point a bit um, after the match. But yeah, he was a bit. He's just a bad commentator. He just loses his head. It's part of the overall narrative with Nunes, though. Whenever, like I said, like it's it's like psychic damage for your men's mental health watching. Uh, watching like a prime time game where Nunes is starting and those two are on commentary because you know they, they they're like they just always jump to like the most basic obvious thing which is that in Nunes's case his touch is a bit fucking as often fucking ropey and his like awareness like there was kind of it happens it happens a lot with him but you know like where he just like he gets the ball out wide on the edge of the box and he just stands like he's a matter one but he he's not trying to do pause that. Or anything like that. He's just actually standing over because he's unsure of what to do next. And like, you know, it, it just looks so ropey. And like, Carragher and Neville are just like, they're like the little voice in your head that thinks the negative things, but they're just saying <laughs> it out loud, you know? They're just like, like low, like low hanging fruit, you know? Like the classic commentators would kind of talk around that. They'd be like, oh, a bit of an unusual touch there from, from Nunes. But instead, you've got Carragher screaming, but what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's just like that as well. It's like just this unfiltered thing. Like like there are like proper issues with Nunes, but um, yeah, ha- having them on doesn't doesn't help either in terms of like the the, the narrative and people's frustrations. If they're watching it, it is it is a tough fucking listen. But like it's also because like some of what they do say is grounded in reality. But you just want to think like, can you not be a bit more fucking professional about it? Like. Yeah, so on um, 
on the uh, back onto the game. Well, it's kind of on the game and and, and into um, looking ahead, I guess. How do you think Endo played yesterday? I, I thought he played well, um, but the problem is, I think you see with with him, he's, he's capped at a certain level. So even if he plays well, the team as a whole doesn't necessarily benefit too much. If that makes yeah. sense, especially on the ball, because I think part of the reason we've obviously said the Allison thing, but I think we had a real problem building up with the fact that they were having to let Canati and Endo kind of have it, and both players are just not that comfortable pushing them balls through midfield. So you kind of end up in a situation where they just pass it back. And as the game went on and the crowd got more frustrated, I think you saw both players kind of shrink a bit in in that sort of build-up phase. Uh, but I thought individually, if, if you if you did a compilation of the game, you'd come out and think you had a really good game. But I don't think it necessarily benefited the team, which is a weird way of looking at it. But I think you definitely missed McAllister in that role yesterday. Oh, yeah, you definitely missed McAllister. That the follow on to that is would you still be looking midfield in January? Well, because we're always because we don't like well, Dave wants that's what he wants for Christmas is Palina, but like I don't think Palina actually fixes that problem yesterday. Um, like you said, that probably was like especially because of how United were set up. Um, it would have been one where you just wanted McAllister's. And I don't think McAllister's necessarily even been amazing in build-up himself this season. Like, if you think back to to Luton, which is one of the low points of the season, like, he was the sixth then, and there was just massive problems with width. I don't actually think we had problems so much with width yesterday. It was just, like, Blaine nailed it. It's like Endo, on his best day, there's still, like, a ceiling on, on what he can do. And in those games where you've got a shit mid-table team and you have to break them down, I, I thought like that was about as good as he can play, and he was our, our best midfielder. It's not saying much, but I thought he was good. But also, I wanted him hooked instead of Sabaslay because I thought even though Sabaslay was was terrible, I thought he was starting to grow into a slightly second half. And also, we need a goal. I want him on the pitch. Do you know? Like I want he can still do something out of nothing. Whereas Endo, despite the the great goal against Fulham, I'm not going to bank on it as much. I want like I would have wanted like Trent to go six and. Just keep as much like attacking quality on the pitch as we can, um, and I, I thought the I thought the subs were like a complete fucking mess as well yesterday. Like Blaine oh, got his four four two finally, but it was like it horrible. was like a it was like a really horrible. It, it was like because he because he took subs like Gravenberg, who I thought had his brightest league start despite not being amazing. Um, he hooks them, and it's. Uh, Gakpo, Gakpo was like right wing, but not really. It was weird, or like right center mid. And um, who was the? Oh yeah, yeah. Gomez comes on when I, I don't think we re, we don't we didn't really need Gomez at that time. I didn't think I thought like I didn't think width was a problem. Maybe it wasn't like kind of Luton or some of the other games. I just thought we needed more, I think more kind quality on the front. Yeah. Uh, I, the thing with me is, I, I still it annoys me, and I and I know it must be much harder for Klopp, especially when he's seeing players go down injured. Um, pretty much every game now, I think we've had an injury for the uh, last few games, or every other game it seems we've had one. Um, so obviously, keeping the squad uh, healthy is is the priority for him. But these what seem to be pre-programmed subs, just it, I just can't get my head around it sometimes. And I know Nunes and Diaz weren't playing well. 
I don't think Sabozlai was playing well. But the general game state surely sometimes has to dictate what your subs are going to be. And the fact that we ended the game with Jones, Elliot, Gakpo behind Salah, to me, is just it's just idiotic, really. That that shouldn't be what you you, you end the game with when it's nil nil. Um, even if Nunes isn't playing well, you just keep him on for me as a body. And even with Endo, it's just not going to help you win the game. So I get it from a rotation point of view, but it, it, I just it just really does frustrate me. And I thought the subs were really bad uh, yesterday, just in that sort of... I don't think they played bad when they come on, but just in sort of a trying to win the game point of view, I, di- I didn't like them at all. The, the particularly disappointing thing for me about the substitutions was, OK, we, we changed to a more attacking system and then they immediately got in behind us. Like, it, it, it feels like we asked... You, you know, last season when we initially switched to this system, we were doing it out of pure necessity. But now it feels like we we are still doing it out of necessity because as soon as we switch to anything else, we seem to get carved open, which is after the quote-unquote overhaul of the midfield, that is still concerning for me. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I don't even really know how to go about fixing it, really. Like, obviously that's what Jurgen Klopp's pay for, but there's no logical reason for that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, we did have a midfield two of Endo and fucking Trent, which yeah, is probably yeah, the best it, idea. It, it becomes in the point where we're really, we get into a point of desperation and they've grown into the game and obviously, it, you know, they are crap, but they have got players who can, if you give them, you know, space and time, can cause you problems. And the move for the ch- chances they create are actually really nice moves. The one for Hoyland's um, chance yeah. is, is really well played from them, um, which you're going to expect them to do something in a game like that, you know. But I, I understand what you're saying. But I think with the, part of it is obviously with the team we have out, and at the minute it's not ideal where, where kind of the injuries you have. You, you'd love to have McAllister, Thiago, Bicetic all available in that midfield, but you kind of miss all three, and all three could kind of do a similar thing in there, you feel. Uh, and you're kind of stuck between kind of going for it or having Endo in there at the minute, which it does. it's not really a good balance, I think. Uh, there are three ball players, aren't there? Well, I suppose we're still kind of figuring out yeah. what Bicetic is, but like, you know, like Bicetic can kind of. Endo, like, he's actually quite like, good at turning and like his, his passing is, is like decent, but it's. If you wanted, like, you know, it's like basic, but like on FIFA, I would assume that like McAllister and and Bych and uh, Thiago have like the best pass. You know, it was like we've got Endo, who's the backup six, and we've got uh, Gravenberg and Sabasley, who are kind of the same player in terms of the role. Like they're the attacking mid that you expect to kind of see getting in the box, uh, making things happen. Don't necessarily have the best defensive instincts, at least when it comes to like covering and tracking back they can press or whatever but they're kind of more front foot defending um, but uh, like yeah it just wasn't ideal and like I, I don't know you think the subs were pre-planned in the sense that he thought we'd be winning by then so Hook Nunez and, and Diaz because they, they do they do look like they could use their man- their minutes being managed but uh, like the, well, the think, subs I like... think you've seen I think you've seen him now I think there's been three different games where he's put Gakpo and Gomez on at the same time I think he does against Fulham 
uh, Palace and now today. And then as soon as Gravenbutch went goes down, Gakpo's ready. Gomez gets ready at the same time, which makes me think mm. that he was always going to come on and do that sort of thing. Because initially when, when they were making the subs, like I just thought in my head he was going to take Endo off. Um, put Trent in midfield in Endo's spot and then put Gomez on. But then he come up on the graphic that he took the Bosley off, which shocked me because I just didn't expect that. Um, yeah. Anyway. But I do think that was a fun move. Yes, Sabazle is another one as well where you'd be like, yeah, he, he could do with like not playing 90 minutes all the time like he was earlier season, but maybe just not now. Um, cause, but that's why I don't get yeah. why, why doesn't he start Elliot against Palace then, for example? Or oh, Sheffield United? That's why it doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to do yeah. this, then especially when he's in good form, it doesn't make sense to give Elliot Sheffield United and give Sabazle a game off. Well, he, he should get West Ham midweek Elliot, shouldn't he? So then you would hope maybe a good performance there, he might get Arsenal. But um, maybe it was pre-planned because I, I was thinking that as well. That's why I said I didn't think we necessarily needed Gomez right back at that moment. But because it had worked in previous games where we were chronically lacking width, um, it was like, OK, we'll do this and, and it should improve. But actually, I thought we needed like the, the tweaks in other places. Like, like you, Blaine, I, I was kind of I was surprised to see the changes and I didn't really like them, but I was like, let's let's see what happens. And then it, it wasn't great. And then like we end, ended up in a situation where the ball was like over on the right side and you had like Gakpo and Salah trying to combine. And the only person they could cross to is Jones. And like United are like yeah. camped in their box, do you know? And it's just like, what like what's the plan here? How do we score for this? Even if, like you said, even if Nunes... And Diaz are crap. You want like at least like they're both good in the air. You want you want some kind of someone to hit like, and it's just like like Jones yeah. coming on left wing. I, I I'd love to see that sub if we're one nil up and we're just trying to see out the game. I I like that sub a lot. I like I would have preferred Jones in midfield just to keep things ticking over. I would have preferred him from the start. It's just like every kind of little thing that I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen. I I, I don't know who particularly kind of was happy to see those subs other than maybe thinking Gomez coming on has has worked before so. Let's do it here now. I'd have been happy with all the plays coming on, coming on, just not the way we ended the game. If that makes sense, I think. Yeah. Like if, if you if you swap it, so Endo goes off, and one of the either you know Nunes or Diaz stays on, then I'm completely fine with that. I just don't think it makes sense because Endo wasn't really contributing anything in a, in a sense of an attacking sense towards the end of the game, and the way United with Carbon is open, Endo's never really going to stop that because he's not. Got the, he's, not, he's not quick. He's not especially, you know, he can't cover ground that well. So it's not like we were going to be 10 times more secure with Endo there. So it just didn't make sense why he kept Endo on. He just seemed a bit of a waste of a, of a player. As good as he played. Because he, 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 he hadn't played much recently. That's why. That's he, why he, had the, he had something in the tank. Yeah. A bit like, you know, obviously, he... Go on, Dave. No, I, I, I felt like... One thing that you know when we made the the the, the formation change. One thing that I, I don't know whether you could see it on TV, but one thing that was abundantly clear was when we were pushing out to then counter attack because we'd swapped from this kind of positional play. Everybody's got to have God knows how many options. Everybody's got to stay in this position and stuff like that. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Like they, they genuinely didn't have a clue what they were doing. I think that, that was it. Salah or Diaz picked the ball up. It was probably Salah, and he's attacking, and nobody's there. And you can probably hear the crowd. The crowd's gone ballistic because you can see 
they, they turned they, back, didn't they? Yeah, they, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know whether to stay or go. Um, yeah, I d- I'm, I'm, I, I can't really say much about the coaching because at the end of the day, we're, we're up there in the um, in the title picture. But I feel like going forward a lot. Don't get me wrong, in our structure and stuff, I think we're very well coached. Um, but in terms of like again, I'm using fucking Arsenal, but City are the same as well, as an example. The reason they score so many goals is because they they that pressure is sustained. And again, this might have something to do with the with the player profile, but again, that's on the manager to adopt the tactics to his players, but whatever. Go on. Do you know, I think the first half, though, we kind of... I understand what you said. We didn't sustain pressure 100% in the terms of... I think that was more sloppiness on on our, on our part in the few... And it's, not always the we it's not always because we're we, we bad in tight areas, necessarily. I think just some of the players were off it. I think some of the time, Sabozalai and Seller, we're just passing balls out of play and stuff like that, where... I think it's one of them. If we score, I think in the first half at any point, we we win the game three 0 So it's it's really hard these sort of games. It's a bit like Luton, where you can be really uh, down on the performance in the team, but it's one of them where you, if you score a goal, you win the game. Um, which and I don't think the performance overall is is terrible. I think the second half for me was frustrating, but the first half I think there's a lot of good things, and I think the pressing from the front were good in the first half. I just think. We were just sloppy at times, and even the, the, the we have two opportunities to play in uh, Simicast where you just you just play the extra pass. I just I just don't understand why we didn't do it. Um, and the Salah I don't one. know, maybe a bit more. The, the Salah, Salah one, Salah I think Nunes had the same had the same. Yeah, Nunes did it when he well. Yeah, uh, and it just doesn't make. And you just play the extra pass, and and I'm not saying we definitely score from it, but it's a higher. Uh, quality chance and I feel like we were doing that in the first half of the season it may be just because everyone's a bit out of form everyone's overthinking it everyone's just uh, rushing it um, but I don't know it's one of them I think we it's hard to say because at the minute everyone just seems a bit off it in those front areas uh, I actually think defensively we played alright I think Stimicast had a good game generally I think off the ball Canati and Van Dyke did a, had a really good game um, and obviously Trent makes a really great tackle on uh, Garnacho, um when he's when he's almost in. But just just offensively at the minute we're on a bit of a, a downward spiral, which isn't great. But you'd like to think we can, if any part of the game, we can recover that uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean it's not like we got beat at, at the end of the day. No, yeah. Is that? Um, Did you think we were getting beat when you saw Rashford coming on? I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I think like, I actually said in the group chat like I'll be getting the best on United like right now. Yeah. How first out how, 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 how finished is Rashford though? I, I was gonna say how finished is Rashford yeah. that he couldn't like like the only thing he did of note was like a bad tackle uh to give away a free kick uh outside their box. Like he was just I think I guess because he he never does it at Anfield anyway, so it's like kind of nothing new in that sense. But I was like, Jesus, the game is there for him and his pace to just fucking burn us on all it takes, just one count. Like it's not Garnacho, like like Trent just about like is able to out muscle him because he's not big enough. But he wasn't getting Rashford off that same ball, you know, if, if he's any, on any kind of form. But 
yeah, I, I was like, when he was coming on, I was like, oh, fuck, here it is now. And it's going to be the best night of fucking Neville's life. You know, we're going to get the fucking <laughs> the camera after of him celebrating after they've scored. Like, but um, yeah, I, I was, I, I thought that was, I thought that was like definitely the way it was panning out. But, but it was kind of one of them, if we can bring our heads down, like, because, even though like a lot of the shots were terrible, they were shots when they shouldn't have been. They should have been one more pass. Like that, the stats are mad. Like it was like every 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 player we had except Simicast and Allison had a shot. Like including like fucking Gomez and you know it was like a bit like Luton, where on another day, eventually one of those bad shots goes in, or Wait. you know we we it just finds a way in, and and we, we and I don't think we lose Allison control played. of the game. It was quite yeah, similar. You know, when Arsenal played United early in the season, obviously United were in maybe a bit better form and had a bit better team out, but it takes a deflected shot off. Um, I think Evans yeah. definitely nicely deflected shot that goes in. And obviously, one of them goes in for us and we score in the 90th minute, then we come away, obviously. And I think, you know, that's what I was saying with Arsenal. They've had a couple of them where the ball's just bounce for them. And, and sometimes oh, yeah. we might have, we have had it... Um, uh, against Fulham, where we get the the late goals, but it's one of them. If the ball bounces for us at any point in that game, then we win it. So it's it's not the end of the world, um, and it's not meltdown worthy. But coming off the back of obviously a few poor performances, and then uh, with the pressure of you know the title coming in, I can see why it's caused a meltdown. But hopefully, we we um, get back to winning ways against Arsenal, and everyone's uh, dreaming about the title again. Where do you think it leaves us in terms of West Ham? I feel like we have to go a bit... Well, I think he was going to go a bit strong anyways because it is like a cup quarterfinal and West Ham are a good team. Yeah. So you, can't, you can't put the kids out, but I think... People were him, making notes as though we were going to get Chambers at left-back and all that. There was fucking no chance. Nah. Nah. Um, I, think, I also think we need a good performance, to be fair. I, yeah, I don't yeah we had that one in the Europa League as well. Yeah, like you kind of need... I mean... Go on, Shay. I know. I was gonna say, like, the you can't, you definitely can't throw the game. And I think, a, a, like, you could have maybe like beat United, rotated a, a decent bit for West Ham, got knocked out by West Ham, like annoying. But you're kind of like, okay, yeah, but we fucking we're, we've Arsenal now at the weekend, and we can go however many points clear. I, I think it is more now, like, not not that like just dropping two points there should, ch- should like change your strategy massively. Anyways, whatever you're going to do, but. It just feel like we need, like, like you said, you you take a good performance against Arsenal. I think we need to see a good performance at home to to, to West Ham. Certainly, don't like a, a bad another bad performance where we maybe we win. I think we win will be fine, but like another bad performance. And if West Ham were to knock us out, like we look kind of you, you kind of not fear for us, but you think like, geez, Arsenal could turn up and like really fucking stick it to us. Um, so I, I think it's kind of. The pressure on the next game dropping two points just does because because of, of the nature of like chasing the league whether you know it or not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would maybe if we get into that, like we'll we'll say how how strong should we be going or. I mean, uh, we we haven't played. Like, everybody's saying we we we've we've had games and games and games, but like we've had quite a bit of rotation in those Europa League games. I don't really buy that. Like, if we were in the Champions League, we we would yeah, have played more. Yeah, like, I don't know why we suddenly can't play two games a week. 
Yeah, I, I, I really don't buy it. Okay, Arsenal don't have the week, don't have the game in a week, but like, I don't, maybe this is um, very like kind of soccer Saturday of me, but I, I feel like winning football games is more important. Uh, yeah, you, and I also think you can, you can run them with the fact that what you've got these next, what, four games and then you've got a break, really, haven't you? Um, with what the FA Cup, and then I think it's two weeks before we play Bournemouth. Then after that, uh, we might have a League Cup semi in there, granted, but even then we should have some more players back um, by then as well. So I don't know. I think I don't know why you can't go strong in both. Really, I, I don't really get it. Uh, it's not even like we're going to the to the Emirates or anything over the weekend. Like they're coming to Anfield. Yeah. Uh, just it's not like we're traveling and stuff like that. Like. I don't really buy it myself, and plus, we're not guaranteed to win. We're not even guaranteed to draw. On, no, no, it'd be on the tough weekend. Yeah, like if we get beat on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, but if if we get beat on the weekend, we get beat by West Ham. And what? What? what so what? What? Where are we? We're, we're out of a competition yeah. that we could have potentially won. And you know, Arsenal have got what the four points clear of us. And we still yeah. got to go to the Emirates. You know, it's oh, ultimately the, the the title can die pretty much at any point. I think we know that because it's such a hard balancing act that if a few bad performances, you can kind of be out of it. Especially if you're chasing two teams, not one. Um, it's really hard to kind of sustain that. But two, if you can get the League Cup and have a good run at the Europa League, and you know, I, I, that's what I mean with the season being fun. I think you've still got a the cups are a really good part of that, and and to get the team winning um, as well, get that to winning wage, you've got to use them cups to do that. I think we're in a bit of an awkward spot because we have picked up quite a few injuries, and it's gone under the radar. Whereas, like ideally, you'd have like Matip, uh, McAllister, Thiago, and all them available, and we'd have a much stronger, maybe second choice team or a team that we could put out for this. But for me now, it's more in, about getting a good performance on Wednesday to take into to Saturday. Um, and I think if we win um, convincingly against West Ham, then we can go into the game against Arsenal a bit more positive. Because I think at the minute we are all a bit down about quite a few things. See, the, the, the nerves we were talking about in the United game like amplify that because it's going to be 10 times as bad against Arsenal in terms of the nerves. I'm hoping that, we, we, I'm hoping that game's a bit easier to kind of get stuck in. And I think Arsenal being horrible will help that as well. I think they will come and be horrible. Um, and I think that will we, we need, genuinely. We need Arteta. We, we, need the, we need a stay of execution on Arteta getting the touchline ban, don't we? He has to be there. He's, the, he's, the, he's our most important man on the pitch. But you can already yeah, see, I can already see Gabriel going down in the box holding his head. You can see Havertz flying into someone. You can see, you know, Jesus, you know, mourning with his face, you know, just just in general face going and walking <laughs> around the place. You can see, you know, Stacker and Martinelli diving every two seconds and he's waving his arms up. I can just see it now. Um, I, I would absolutely love it if we had them. I would absolutely love it if we had them on Saturday. More than you believe. <laughs> well, they, they could they could easily go 1-0 up, which uh, is, you know, our fucking 
beast mode button. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's there, we've, we've got that in the back pocket as well. Uh, yeah, so just don't bring your manager. Don't go one nil up. Like that's all. That's the Arsenal strategy. Um, well, yeah, it's it, it, we we need a lift, don't we? Like even, even just in midweek. Um, yeah, I I think I think if you play well against West Ham and. So long as it's not another fucking Nunes disaster class, which now, as I said, I realise could happen. We could see another... I mean, like, the missing chances one. In some ways, I think the United one was a lot worse because of there wasn't even the shots to, to like, to kind of fall back on. It was just kind of build-up failures. I think if you just have a good game with West Ham, and, you know, and like, if it goes to... If it's penalties, you know, we're, we're good at them, you know. Um, a bad performance against West Ham... Um, and possibly going out is like you said. It's uh, you'll want to start strong. So well, if, if you're thinking about the West Ham game, if, do we all agree we want to see Elliot start? Who else do we definitely want to see start and kind of go from there? Jones. Yeah, um, Jones. Yeah, Elliot and Jones for me definitely. Um, Elliot Jones Endo, and then I don't know, McAllister might not. I give Gomez a game wherever you, wherever you play. Sorry. I would throw Gomez in. Um, Quanta. I'd throw Quanson in. Yeah, Quanson and Gomez probably because Trent had looked goosed. I would probably stay, stick with Van Dijk. I'd probably put Van Dijk, Quanson and Gomez in there myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then, um, well, we just said we're not going to play Chambers. <laughs> so uh, send Simicass out. There's Simicass with me. Uh, He's, well, it'll either be that or Gomez left back. I'm maybe yeah. kind of right back. I don't know. This is where the matter of injury is a fucking pain in the earth, isn't it? Because it's like yeah, that's just because uh, yeah. if, if there's one, if there's it, like if there's one person maybe in the whole squad, you really don't want to overload. It's it's Konate just because of his muscle history, muscle injury history. Like you, you really do want to be managing his minutes. Like whatever about Diaz and, and Nunez and Sabazlai and Trent looking a bit tired. I think Trent's ma- minutes have been managed quite a lot already this season. Um, and, and I guess he had that niggle as well, didn't he? But um, like I, I wouldn't be starting Sabazlai. Just give give him the start off. Maybe he can come on. Um, yeah, front. I'd be starting Gakpo just because he didn't start. He probably. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Would you start Salah or not? But. Um, you probably do go full strength. I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Doak alongside two senior lads, but uh, maybe that's something we could have done had we smacked United. Whereas, as I was saying, because we happened, I think we do need to prioritise a good performance and result. So um, maybe Doak just has to not get the not get the cup game. Uh, I assume Kelleher is going to start, which I know Dave and others are thrilled by, but. Um, uh, yeah, other than that, I'd be, I'd be looking to go strong and, yeah, and, and win the game. It's annoying because we've got a lot of, especially in midfield and, and, and in attack, where you'd like to see, like, this is probably if you started Nunes and Diaz uh, on swing, you'd probably bring Jota and Gakpo in. But obviously, Jota's been um, injured. And then midfield, you kind of, yeah, it's a point now where you've not got much really to play with, have you, in midfield, where it, we, it did feel like we feel stacked at the start, but everyone is just gone. Um, do we know? So do we know Gravenberg is is Gravenberg actually properly injured or? Yeah, hamstring one he's dead. So oh, not looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time of the season as well, where you've got the you've got games in quick succession. Like he he was, 
I, I didn't think he should have been starting in the league over Jones anyway, but like if Klopp wants to do it, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's he hasn't he hasn't been great in the league so far and he's been a superstar in Europa, but like he, he would have been one that like if Jones was playing his year, like, yep, yeah, that's grand, just throw Grav in here against a good West Ham team in a in a meaningful game that but that's that's still only a cup game. But you don't have him now, so it's like you're just having to get lads to to kind of do double or yeah, do three games in a week in, in some cases. So it's just where those injuries become become really annoying, I suppose, in terms of just like other lads have to, to do more. But um yeah, you told just really to do that too, wouldn't you, to be fair? I'm hoping yeah, yeah. on Wednesday, but yeah, yeah, hopefully. As long as he's back for Arsenal, I'm um, I'm quite content with that. Um do you want to get into some predictions then? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say um <laughs> I'll say two two against West Ham and another oh Kelleher, that's not positive yeah. vibes. We just talked about. I was, I was actually going to say two two myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like a two two with a good performance, where like, you know, like because West Ham scored already scored at Anfield this season. You know, like they're they're a good yeah, team. We, we play well, and then Kelleher just holograms the ball. Yeah, they are the midfield Galacticos, aren't they? To be fair, with that midfield, Boeing Tudor's it doesn't get talked oh about God. how much money they've spent. It doesn't get talked about yeah. how much money they've spent. It's actually like I know the Premier League, Super League, and like Villa are another one where it's like really not talked about how much they've spent over the years. But like West Ham could afford Aller and uh, Felipe Anderson both to completely fail. Like the two forty million pound signings for West Ham, and they just failed, and they still are like. Fine, do you know it's like it should have been like financial meltdown. But I guess when you get a fucking free stadium off your mates in the Tory government, it's you know money is cheap. So, but like, um, they are they are fucking Galacticos. Like Kudus looked like he was going to be a squad player when he first came in, and now he's he's getting a run and he's shown that he's like a really good player. Like he could fire one in top corner, uh, or as 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 Dave says, it'll go through Kelleher, uh, fucking Brit, um, but. Uh, but like you know, like yeah, they are like mid-table. Like Paqueta was, I he probably, uh, yeah, Paqueta's probably the best opposition player I've seen this season play for anyone. He was unbelievable at Anfield, and yeah, uh, yeah. and he got a hat, he got a hat trick of assists the weekend. So it's like, um, yeah, they, like I said, I say in two two because I can just see it be a bit of a mad game. And but my my, my thing was Keller is gonna save a few penalties and we'll go through, and, and that's like really good vibes going into the weekend. They've got a lovely. Lovely blend of, of really good players and then just utter grocks just running around the pitch. Like Alvarez just <laughs> come in and just fouls people for 90 minutes and then gives it to Paqueta. And Paqueta is just and a lazy Dan. Which is just amazing. It's just what a They're just managed by four. And then they just brought in. Go on, Blaine. And they just brought in more Prowse just to take set pieces. Just unreal, isn't it? You know what I mean? Just to <laughs> add a bit more in. Yeah, see, you lads won't remember the fucking... The that, like, thinking about it now, it's actually one of the great achievements of English football. It's like fucking Clough winning the league with fucking Derby and Forest after getting them promoted. Moyes got top four with Everton in 2004 or five. It's obviously the year of fucking Istanbul. Like, you should have seen team. He had, like... Uh, Who's that old 
Scottish, like he was a 39 year old Scottish centre half whose name I forget. Yeah, alongside Alan Stubbs, he'd Nigel oh, David Weir goals. He'd like the, yeah, David Weir. <laughs> like you know, he had uh, he had a midfield duo. Thomas Grabson. He had Pistoni playing left back. Uh, like their top score for the season was Mark Spent with like seven goals or something. Joe, like he's that was that was that was the Moyes thing. And now, like you said, he's just managing these mid-table fucking Galacticos where they've got like their team must be worth half a billion. Do you know? But it's like that's why they could, they could turn up tomorrow and give us a really good game. So I I just hope we can we can give them one back and yeah and, and saying penalties because it'll be a laughing. You know? I mean, it's oh, really there to be got, isn't it? That that uh, league cup, the teams that are left in it. I mean, it's really there to be won. If you're being honest, who is left? Yeah, if you get through who this round, left? we could end up with fucking Port Vale or Middlesbrough in the semi-final. So, not full. That two-legged job. It's I think Everton are doing too well. I think are doing well to beat Fulham now. I've, I've, I've flipped around. I think something's got to go wrong because that's just what normally happens. Yeah, imagine a two-legged, imagine a two-legged semi against Everton. Fucking hell! Yeah, I could probably do without <laughs> a two-legged semi against this current Everton team. Yeah, I was gonna say, Blake, you were like, oh yeah, January <laughs> quietens down, doesn't it? Imagine a fucking a two-legged game in, in one of the last Goodison game, one of the last Goodison derbies. Like fucking hell, a cup semi-final. Wow, they're like the oh, best team in the league as well. <laughs> oh Jesus! Who yeah, else can we get off 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 the charts? File uh, Chelsea or Newcastle? Uh, uh, well. Yeah, like yeah, miss me with that fucking shite. Like so, <laughs> even <laughs> even <laughs> even Fulham after the game they gave us. Like... Unless we get Middlesbrough, Port Vale, that is the only decent <laughs> draw we can get. The rest are just oh, yeah, it's fucking fucking bed dog season, baby. <laughs> Remember when we got um, Southampton a few years ago and they beat us over two? They beat us in both games. Yeah, Shane Long. Yeah, do you remember the Southampton semi-final Jordan Ibe? I scored. I remember that one. That was that, that, that's that one, isn't it? Is that not the same one? No, that's when we went there under Klopp and got beat by City in the final. Yeah, that's the same. That, I think that wasn't the quarter-fight. I think that was the one where we won 6-1, that one. It was the semi final Yeah, that's what I just said. It was the semi that wasn't no, that the semi. Was quarter final. Quarter final. Wasn't that? No, we quarter final. Over two legs. No, yeah. we got beat over two legs. That were one. That were one leg. Get that six one. Mm, yeah, Lane's right. No. The six go one. On, uh, go on. Was, we played Stoke was... in the semi finals that year. Yeah, penalties. Uh, Lucas Levin. The six one. The six one was Origi's. First game he scored in, so of course he scored a hat trick. Yeah, and Sturridge. Do you remember the Emre Chan? He did oh, like the oh, chop, yeah. the just like the chop and the outside of the He like he scored the best goal and the best assist I've ever seen Emre Chan. That like in the bicycle, but and, and Sturridge like was and Sturridge was kind of his early Klopp reign, and it was uh, I think it was like one of his first starts under Klopp. And uh, he scored like the two really nice uh, first half goals, and Klopp yeah. was like, a, "Yeah, pe- people were telling me he was good, and uh, yeah, I see that now." <laughs> there was a period where we were playing like Origi and Sturridge up, so I think we did it at Southampton again, where they beat us like three two. You know, when we got two 0 yeah. uh, and they just ripped them apart, well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah but obviously yeah. then we had Martin Martin's Skirtle Skirtle. and Minulet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, 
yeah, instead I, of going in the past, they need to go in the future. So, <laughs> so, we uh, more about 15, 16 again. So Arsenal, um, <laughs> Arsenal, Shane. Sure. We're winning the planes prediction for West Ham. I'll go on that. Uh, 2-1, Elliot. 2-1, Elliot. I'm going to go same as, um, same as Shane, 2 all. Who's uh, going to win on pens? I don't know. Ponta's going to score. First goal score. I'd say you have to give a pen prediction. He's going to win the game. <laughs> Why do I have to give a pen prediction? <laughs> I, I want you to say that Keller's not going to save and... Dave's just going to get off giving Oboe a replay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, another game. <laughs> um, and I'll go with Gakpo for the goal scorer. Um, nice. Arsenal. Anyone I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have another Desmond, please. Uh, Desmond. Oh. Yeah, uh, this is this is not good. We just talked about when he goodbyes everything. This is going to be the worst week of True my performances. Life. Performances, Blaine. We said it. We need good performances. You know, I know it's, it's going to be a horrible week if we have two 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 draws in these next two games. No, not if we not if it's two two and beat West Ham in penalties, and then I think if it's a two two like last season where Arsenal start strong and. um and you know, look like they're gonna blow us away, and then Arteta. There's a kind of a lull game, and then Arteta starts like shouting, "What is a woman?" And then like the Anfield crowd like get up and like, "Go on, you turf cunt!" And then like from there, you know, the rest is just happen, and we and we were like, maybe maybe we beat them later on, but I'd say like a a two two. Fucking hell, go on, Blake. We're gonna have the classic. Gonna be we're gonna be two one up with five minutes to go, and Arsenal pile on the pressure. And then Darwin Nunes is going to run through on goal. Ooh. Run through on goal. Hit the post and it'll rebound out to Salah to make it 3-1. And we're going to win 3-1 on Saturday. Mate, if Darwin Nunes runs through on goal this weekend, I'm turning my back. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? I'm going to get a penalty. Yeah, I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> Um, he's not going to score he's going to hit the post and he'll rebound Salah's going to make sure he's going to like right this is not going to go in but where's he going to hit so you know get the rebound that's an assist on fantasy accounts uh, and I will go for it's a shame because Jota's not available he loves to go against Arsenal doesn't he yeah. um, he loves the League Cup as well Jota it's really Jota month yeah <laughs> who will score I'm going to go with Van Dijk Van Dijk and like we probably beat United if um if the ball isn't like a heat seeking missile to the goalkeeper's hands whenever he gets oh, his head to it. He can add to when he swiveled and I thought, what well, goal that's thinking of that. I was thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he took a touch and then swiveled, turned the defence and then just hit it straight at the keeper. I thought, what a goal that <laughs> Um Arsenal Argo. Oh, it's hard for you, this, isn't it? This is like your two. Pick his favourite parent. <laughs> I'll go 2 1. So? Arsenal. How many matches? I'll go 2 1, Liverpool. Um, and I'll go for. Who will I go for? Um, so well, hang on. 
we, we uh, the the last revelation I had was that not only does uh, has Josh not been keeping his little spreadsheet going, he hasn't even been listening to the episode. So like, is he? What is he supposed to take some time off from from teaching and coaching kids to go back? Like we we put so much like thought into them. We we ask each other on the spot, and we take fucking twenty minutes to do it, and then it's just fucking lost the ether. because because then we turn up next week. Then we turn up next week, and it's like. Didn't I say we'd win? It's like, no, you said we'd draw. And it's like, who did I say first goal scorer? like, I don't think I said one. <laughs> it's just like... It's I, also I just think... as well, and he doesn't even put his prediction in the chat, so he doesn't even give us a prediction for himself. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I think we need a new segment. I was, I was thinking... <laughs> yeah, we really do, don't we? We, we? we should start doing a man in the match, I think. We should start like saying who was our man in the match or whatever. And and that's an excuse for me to say Simicast on, on Sunday. I thought I played well. I thought I played well. Oh, fucking the worm has turned. Right, okay. Well, on that note, um, it's probably the biggest week of the season. Um, and Are you coming on Wednesday, Blake? No, I always opt out of the League Cup when we do well in it. Um, so, clearly, I'm not in it. We're going to win it again. Every time I opt out, we, we do well. I'm in the FA Cup, though, and I'm going to get knocked out in the third round by Arsenal, so that's great. <laughs> and my brother's gone to that. I was going to go... Oh, hey, like, the... Have you seen what they're doing with the tickets for that one? 40 quid a ticket? Oh, oh my God. God. And it's a Sunday at half so I don't think I'm be bothered, but... Yeah, I, I gave it a mess. Um, right, anyway, thanks for listening as ever. And, um, and yeah, up the reds. See you next week.